I'm going to talk to the men today for a little while, and then next week, guys, don't miss next week, because I'm going to talk to the ladies next week, all right? But guys, I'm going to talk to you today, and here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Did you hear that? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and died to self, gave himself, laid his life down for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be holy and without blemish. Here's love. Love is laying your life down. In fact, the Bible says no greater love has anyone than this. What? Someone willing to lay down their life. Amen? Listen, don't just say you love them. Huh? Those prove it. Actions. Come on now. That's the thing. I would say to Cynthia I loved her because I was attracted to her. I didn't know how to love her. In fact, I thought to myself, okay, I love her in some way but I don't like her. I don't like her. We didn't like each other. So now I say to her all the time, in fact, I rarely say I love you. I usually say to her, I like you. I like you because you know what that means to me? That means I love you and I like you. I like being around you. You're my best friend. And Cynthia today, we are best friends. We're absolutely best friends. And so God fixed it. But you got to die to yourself. You have to die to yourself. And it says this, husbands love your wives. Now, when Paul writes this verse, he starts off by saying, we submit to one another in verse 22. And then he says this, wives submit to your husbands. So in the order in Ephesians chapter 5, he talks to the wives first, right? Then the husbands. But in the history of time, who went first? Jesus or the church? Well, Romans 5.8 says this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, guys. Listen to me. You ready? Jesus went first. While we were doing everything wrong, while we were acting the fool, while we were absolutely away from God, Jesus went first. Listen, if things are wrong at home, if you need to make some things right, if you need some adjustments, whether major or minor, guys, that's on you. You go first. If there's an apology that needs to be made, if something needs to get fixed, who went first? Jesus went first. Guys, you go first. Amen? That's what you get for being able to have the remote. You get to go first, okay? You go first. So I want to talk to the guys first, all right? We're going to give you four keys to a woman's heart. Somebody said four? Yes, just four. You mean 400? No, four. Just four. Four keys to a woman's heart, and then I'm going to talk to the men. Because these are a woman's greatest needs. These are what a woman really needs. And the first one is actually kind of simple, but it is so, it's, it's simple in its, in its verbiage, but it is so profound. We're going to take most of our time on the first one. Number one, you need to secure her through self-sacrifice. Nothing is more important to a woman than security. 
It is how God made them. Now, I understand that throughout the marriage series, I'm going to say things that are very general. I'm going to talk about man and woman's needs, right? And we're going to talk about them and marriage, and, and some of it's very general. And I understand there's always the one person that might be the exception to the rule. I could say this. I could say that in general, women are weaker physically than men. But I have seen some bodybuilders in Russia. <laughs> some of those women would break me in half. So I understand that, that it's not always the case. So I understand it's not always the case. But a woman's number one need is security. And nothing secures a woman like a man who is willing to sacrifice his own needs. I need to say that again. Nothing secures a woman like a man who is willing to sacrifice his own needs, who is willing to say, your needs come before my own. Woo-hoo, hallelujah. Listen to me, that was the exact opposite of how we were married. My needs came before Cynthia's by far. In fact, to me, her needs didn't even exist. It was always about me. And she was insecure, and I would use her insecurities against her. Right? I would use them against her, and I would, I would just, I mean, that's, that was the weapon of choice for me was her insecurities. Because I knew she was insecure, I knew, that she, I knew that she needed it, and I used it against her. And so when we began to turn it around, I said, okay, I have to make her feel secure. How do I make her feel secure? I sacrifice my own needs. Because, listen, living with a selfish man is tough. It's tough. And you know what it does to a woman when a man's selfish? When a man only thinks about himself, it it makes them insecure. It makes them think, well, I don't know what he's going to do next. I don't know what choice he's going to make. I don't even have a voice. I don't even have a say-so. And they become very insecure. And the Bible says this, perfect love does what? It casts out fear. What's fear? Insecurity. Right? Perfect love. Self-sacrificing love casts out insecurity. You, wanna, you have to make them feel secure, right? You have to say, listen, to my own hurt, I'm willing to meet your needs. Whatever it costs me, your needs come before my own. Hallelujah. I, I want to make you feel secure. Today, I, I let Cynthia know, her needs come before mine. It's about her. It's not about me, right? You have to live for the other person. This is what God intended in marriage because he intended us to learn how to die to ourselves. How else do we learn how to die to ourselves unless we have somebody that we're living for? Amen? Amen. So we had, to, we had to get that thing right. and I had to learn how to, how to sacrifice because, like I said earlier, marriage is, is brutal on selfish people. And so God puts us together and he says, hey, listen, I'm going to give you a spouse. Now, hey, guess what? This is God's, this is my gift to you, and they're going to love you, and, and they're going they're gonna, to they're gonna have happy days, but there's also going to be some challenges to your flesh, to yourself. And you have to learn how to be willing to say, okay, it's not all about me anymore. Huh? If you're married, you're not single anymore. Hallelujah. So you have to be willing to die to yourself. So the first thing is you have to secure her through self-sacrifice, through self-sacrifice. Number two is this. You have to communicate with her honestly and openly. You have to communicate with her honestly and openly. 
I'm going to say some things this week and then again next week. And so, guys, I want you to hold on to this, all right? Because there's some things in marriage that, that I'm going to explain to you, and you may not get it, you may not like it, you may not feel it, but I'm going to say this little phrase to you. You do it anyway. And, and we're going to help you next week, guys, okay? So I want you to hold on to this. Listen, I understand that some of you might think to yourself, well, that's just not me. I'm not a communicator. First of all, I would challenge that. Because I believe we all communicate. And I know some of you, you don't ever stop talking. <laughs> you talk and talk and talk. We can't get you to shut up. You are talking and talking all the time. And when you won't talk at home, but you come into the church lobby and she sees you just like this, blah, 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 just talking away, she's thinking to herself, well, he talks. He talks. He see, she sees you with your friends talking. Come on now. She sees you with the buddies hanging out talking, but then you come home and you don't talk? Come on now. You say, well, that's just not me. It's not my personality. First of all, yes, it is. Second of all, do it anyway. You go, well, I, I don't want to talk. Do it anyway. Tough. Grow up. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies. I'm trying to help you out here. Come on. You talk anyway. You say, well, if I talk, she's going to record it <laughs> in her brain because she's got a recorder. Huh? Somebody said, my wife doesn't get hysterical. She gets historical. <laughs> she remembers everything I ever said in the history of the world. Guess what? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. I, I don't get how couples can't talk. My wife, we love to talk. We love coffee and talking. Woo, hallelujah. Just get some coffee, and we love to just go sit down and talk. Listen, if you've been married for more than a month, you've got something to talk about. If you've got kids, you've got something to talk about. If you've got money, there's something to talk about. Come on, you've got grandkids, you've got stuff to talk about. You've got a job, you've got a business, you've got a career. You got something to talk about. I don't know how couples, I see them at dinner and they're just sitting there staring into space. I'm like, talk. My wife and I, we could drive for hours and never run out of things to say. We, we can converse, man. We love to talk, love to share. Listen, I want to share. She shares with me. This is how we open up and this is how I win her heart. I communicate with her. Amen. And you have to do it. And listen, if it's not you, if you say, that's not my personality, I never saw that in my parents, my dad never said two words, he just grunted. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just me. How was your day? <laughs> so what? Get over yourself. Go down to Hope Depot, buy a ladder, get over it. Come on now. And talk. <laughs> Learn how to communicate. Amen? So learn how to talk. Number three is this. Be affectionate without being sexual. Be affectionate without being sexual. You say, well, why is that important? She needs to know that she's not just a sex object. That's very important to her. She needs, to, she needs affection. Come on now. When I was um, a few years ago, I traveled to Vietnam, and I did this a couple years in a row. I did a family seminar in Vietnam. And... Uh, and they already told me before I got there, they said, now the Vietnamese culture 
is very different. It's, men are not affectionate. They don't show affection ever in public or private. They're not affectionate with their wives. They don't hold hands. They don't put their arms around each other. They never kiss in public. They never kiss privately. It's basically they just have sex and intimacy, and that's it at that particular moment. And then, you know, they, they do play with the kids till they're about five, and then it's like, <laughs> okay, that's enough of that, you know. So, so there's no affection. And so I got there. I remember talking to some of the Vietnamese leaders, and I said, well, here's what I'm going to teach on. I'm going to teach on affection. Is that okay? Because I know culturally that's different. They said, please, pastor, please teach on it. Because how many of you know the Bible supersedes culture? Right? And it supersedes your upbringing. And it supersedes your wants and your desires. And this is another one where I just say, guys, get over it. You have to be affectionate in a non-sexual way. You have to take your hand and put it on her shoulder. And only her shoulder. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> you see, and leave it there. Come on now. <laughs> and just hold her. Hold her hand. Come on now. Be affectionate. Kiss in a non-sexual way. Come on now. Kiss when there's nothing on the other end. <laughs> Amen? And you know what that says to her? He loves me. He cares. I'm not just a, a, a means to an end. Amen? Ooh, it got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Come on now. Because <laughs> some of y'all are going, I don't know whether the amen at that part or not. <laughs> Should I say anything? Just keep quiet. Hopefully he's getting it. Come on now. <laughs> be affectionate without being sexual. And then number four is this. Be the loving initiator. Be the loving initiator. And this is not on your screen, but I want you to write this down. There's four key areas where every man needs to lead. Every man needs to lead. Four key areas he needs to initiate. Number one is spiritual matters. Number two is finances. Number three is romance. Number four is children. I'll say those again. Spiritual matters, finances, romance, and children. Spiritual matters. That means you take the lead in spiritual matters. That means your wife shouldn't have to ask you if we're going to church. Joshua said this, as for me and my house. Woo, Joshua stood and declared it himself. As for me and my house, I'm taking the lead. I'm taking the loving initiative, not in a demanding way, not in a way where I'm just going to impose my will, but I will lovingly initiate the conversation and I will lead us down the path of spiritual matters and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to get to church Sunday morning. We're going to lead. We're going to volunteer. Uh, she's going to see me reading my Bible, praying worshiping. I'm going to take the lead in spiritual matters. And then finances. And take the lead in finances. Listen, women need security in the area of finances. They need to know that the house isn't going to be foreclosed. The car's not going to be repossessed. That there's money in the bank for us to, in case of an emergency. Listen, have a budget. Come on now. And if your wife wants shoes, say, baby, go get them. 
Ladies, you, you blew it on that one. Let me try that again. If your wife wants shoes, say, baby, go get them. Come on now. You want your hair done? You want your nails done? Absolutely. There's plenty for that. Come on now. Don't chide her for spending 100 bucks and then you bring home a boat. $25,000 boat, but she can't go get a $100 hair. Come on now. You understand what I'm saying? Secure her financially, and that includes tithing. I, I, Cynthia knows. Listen, I'm the one that physically writes out the check. I'm the one that signs it. But she knows. Listen, we tithe. In 27 years of ministry, I have only met one person, one male, who's ever said to me, my wife won't let me tithe. It's always been the female. It has always been only one time in 27 years. And listen, she made all the money, and he said to me, my wife won't let me tithe. She made all the money. He didn't bring home a dime. He was out of work. He wasn't working. And so it's usually the man who says, we can't afford it. We can't do it. Baby, it's too much. There's no way. Oh, no, we're not going to make it. And so listen, guys, secure her by honoring God first. Listen, that will secure her. That will secure her heart. That will secure her financially. Listen, why? Because guess what? She trusts God more than she trusts you. Come on now. I said she trusts God more than she trusts you. Hallelujah. And when times get tough, she needs to know that daddy has honored God. Amen. Our house honors the Lord. And then in the area of, listen, romance. Come on now. Bring home the flowers. Bring home the chocolate. Initiate it. If there's a fight, you got to be the first. Come on now. Don't just sit there in bed saying, well, I'll show her. I'm not talking to her for three days. Come on now. She even touches my toes with her toes tonight. (laughs) You know, I'll pull them away so fast she'll get the picture. Take the initiative with romance. Come on now. Be the first to reach out and grab her hand. Amen. And then the last one is children. Initiate the disciplining of your children. Initiate the protection of your home with the internet. And the phone. Come on now. Amen. Initiate that. Don't just sit there and go, well, I don't know nothing about this stuff. Figure it out. Come on now. Go on YouTube and and catch a video how to protect your children from the internet, on their phone, how to put blocks and filters and how to discipline. Listen, figure it out. Be sure. Don't just watch them going crazy while you're sitting there with the clicker just going through the scrolling through the things. Listen, get up, take the initiative, and help with the children. Amen. In fact, you start it. Come on now, amen. And secure her. Be a loving initiator. And I want to do this. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come because we're going to end right here. I want to tell you this. Listen, I get it. There's no perfect marriage. There's no perfect husband. There's no perfect wife. And my wife and I, we got loads of room to grow. We do. We've come a long way, but listen, it can always get better. It can always get better. Amen? But if you're at rock bottom, listen to me, church. If you're at rock bottom or if you're struggling, I want you to know there's hope for you. There's hope for you not just because God turned our marriage around. There's hope for you because there's a friend that you have 
And he's got all the wisdom, all of it. He knows exactly what to do at the very right time. Ladies, your girlfriend that you, you want to chat with, they might have some wisdom and they might not. Guys, your buddy, come on now, who, who just sit there and go, well, I'll tell you what I would do. <laughs> and they've been divorced three times. Come on, a single now. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what to do, but there's somebody who does. Huh? And it's the Holy Spirit. And it's his job to lead you down the path for you to be the best husband, best wife, best mother, best father that you could possibly be. Right? And the Bible says this in Romans 8, 26. It says the Holy Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. I was weak. I didn't know where to turn, who to turn to. I had a few men in my life who were able to speak into me, but they didn't live with me every day. They weren't there every day. They weren't there, the, they weren't there teaching me and, and, and helping me along the way. So it says this, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. If you just confess, hey, this is an area of my life, I'm weakened. I need help. Because let me tell you, today, 25 years of marriage, we have figured a lot out. But I can tell you this, I desperately, desperately, I'll be the first to raise my hand. I desperately need the Holy Spirit's help in my marriage. Every day of my life, I need to fall on the grace and mercy of God and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to teach me today because today's a new day with new challenges. I need you to teach me how to be a husband, how to love Cynthia as I should, how to die to myself, and he'll do that. Would you do this? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment?